Hello dear listeners, welcome to OS News Podcast, episode number 42, iOS, the internet and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I am joined today, uh, I'm Croc Kamen, and I am joined today by uh, OS News Editor-in-Chief Tom Haroder. Hello. And uh, our regular visitor, uh, Tess Flynn. Hello. Good I don't morning. think you can call her a visitor anymore, by the way. No, you're pretty regular, and we all, but <laughs> you know, I never expected out of you. It's always appreciated every time. Yeah, true. <laughs> because it's like um, crazy hours. It's always well. It's always a different time zone every time we call you. <laughs> yeah. This uh, this week it's Central. Next week it's going to be Eastern. And the week after that it's probably going to be Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my time zone. Epic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you want to meet up and get some uh, get some beer? I'll be in Duresburg on the fourth. <laughs> no, no, no beer, no beer. Martini, that's fine. <laughs> I don't drink beer. <laughs> oh, did you see all the Silverlight developers getting all r- <laughs> angry over Microsoft going Windows HTML5? 8. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just gonna. Oh, I've got a whole on. bunch that, of stuff. That was bound to happen. <laughs> yeah, but it's all. I've got a, a, a number of stories on that, like still waiting in the back end, but I'm kind of waiting for some sort of official response because. Mm. <coughs> Whoa. Don't die. Don't die? Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Hmm. Ah. I'm 26. You think I know by now that you shouldn't talk and eat at the same time. Yeah. Hmm. No, but I'm basically waiting for some sort of official thing so I can make a kind of balanced write-up because mm. this really isn't, like, my kind of subject. So when it's not my kind of subject, I'd rather have two sides that I can, you know, uh, put together. The Windows announcement is surprisingly sparse on technical details. Exactly. But that's they not they that mentioned strange. HTML5 as a buzzword, but mm. what do they really mean by that? <laughs> I think it was just a giant mistake to do it like that, but it's... They did the same thing with Windows 7. They announced it at D in 2007 or 8, I don't know. And they only showed, like, the little touch bit, and that's it. No, no de- technical details, just one feature, and they focused on that, and that was it. And and then in September um, of that year, they did, like, the massive announcement with a beta or a release candidate. What, a beta? I think it was a beta. With a beta release and, you know, all the technical details and everything. And they're going to do the same thing this year. So in September, they have this conference where they're going to give all the technical details. But they, should, they shouldn't have focused on the HTML5 thing. I don't, the only reason they said that was for buzzword potential. But mm. they shouldn't yeah. have, if, they, if they hadn't said HTML5 and JavaScript, nobody would have said anything about, you know, Silverlight and .NET and all that stuff. Even though I'm convinced that it's all in there, because you can't have an operating system like Windows with just HTML5 and JavaScript, not even no, you know, WebOS. Yeah, it's still that, Windows. You know. Of course, Silverlight will run on it. It's just yeah. what they probably mean is that framework that they're using to drive that Dash interface is probably you know running on IE10. Uh, yeah, and probably, but probably just, even just the interface, right? Not all the stuff underneath. That'll still use all the things that you use in Windows today. Oh, yeah. I think it's just that the interface elements of it, the graphical elements of it, are using, you know. That's you know that's what I would say. That's using you know CSS and HTML5 and stuff like that. At least that's the implication I that I got from a lot of the presentation material was that new applications are to be written in this quote unquote HTML5, whatever you know Microsoft thinks that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that could mean anything because if they're just widgets like the, the the tiles are just widgets, well then that, yes, that would make sense to have it's HTML5 and and, and well, just just let's just drop the five bit and call it HTML and CSS because that's what it yeah. is. And um, yeah, but what drives it? it could be anything. At least, at least that's the impression that I get. And like you know, the rest of the application can be can mm. use whatever technology is is in there. You know, except probably for I I I mean they're probably gonna downplay. Uh, Wing 32 because of the ARM release and everything. Yeah. I would mm. think that they would start downplaying that. It was still, still available, but they're probably going to downplay it right now. But, you know, well, just wait it. until September and then we'll see. You know, I, I, they, they did botch the announcement, though. They shouldn't have said anything about, like, HTML this or JavaScript that. They should have just shown it and that's it. You know, end of story. That would have been much better. But, you know, Microsoft's Microsoft, right? Well, if they only did, sh- if they only did uh, show it, then you would have everyone... Uh, worried about the UI apocalypse. Well, just they were still worried about that now. <laughs> well, yeah, but now they're worried about other things too, so they're distracted. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's true. That is true, though. Yes. Almost done. <laughs> I keep being curious about exactly why Microsoft is putting so much, for lack of a better term, cloudification into. Windows 8. My guess is that they're they're looking at webOS with their forthcoming tablet system as well as the the growing buzzword of the post PC era as well as Chrome OS and wondering are they looking they're looking looking down the death of their own operating system. <laughs> I think they're more looking operating at operating system irrelevancy because mm. now all of the relevant toolkits can be done either multi-platform or on the web. I think it's more about um, combining or unifying, basically, if you will, uh, phones, like Windows Phone, regular Windows, and the Xbox. I think that's more of the, uh, yeah. the issue. Like, you know, they're going to be able to offer um, develop, they're going to be able to offer software developers, like, everything, not just the front end, not just the, you know, the tools to write applications, but also, you know, the software to actually run the back ends that are online, like so Windows Azure and all that crap. They can offer the entire stack, and I don't think, uh, I think Apple can't offer that right now, at least not yet, um, because I'm not sure, though, by the way. Not really. They're kind of more interested in the consumer space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And This is, you know, Microsoft are really going after IBM and especially Oracle now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Because <laughs> yes. Oracle have got themselves an operating system with Solaris. They've got themselves the hardware Yay. with some. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm going to make a cup of coffee and then I'll be right back. <laughs> so, what do we want to cover? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> okay, well, let's go back as far as, as I can remember in recent times. And the whole uh, Microsoft buying Skype for $8 billion. Yeah, they're buying. They're, they're spending eight point whatever on eight point whatever billion uh, dollars on a product that has never made any profit whatsoever in its entire existence. It's got and, massive debt and was and overpriced at two billion dollars when it was sold to eBay. In fact, yeah. anyone who has ever owned Skype has only made money because Microsoft just bought it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> eight billion for something that's not making any money. Yeah, it's it, it's their biggest like acquisition, isn't it? Microsoft, I believe it is, and I'm not. Inter- yeah, they're probably going to like build it in into everything, but eight billion. That's yeah, but even then, like the technology isn't that amazing. Um, you know, 
they can write their own voice over IP system if they so desired and build it into everything. Why they do they need Skype? It. Yeah, why yeah, do they, they need Skype to it. do that? In fact, they're two. not. They didn't buy it for the technology. No, they, they bought didn't. it for the user base. Yeah, and the name probably. Yeah. Yes. Microsoft <laughs> because that's Skype. The, that. Yeah, Skype has become um, become a verb within yeah, the enterprise sure. world. Yeah. Here too. Here too. In, um, among normal people here as well, Skype is a is a verb here. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think they're trying to try and basically own that because they just. Can you think of Microsoft naming a product that people would actually want to? <laughs> Windows. <laughs> But it's not a verb. You don't exactly say Windows Live Messenger. <laughs> and it, it is here. MSN. It's a verb here. MSN, like the, the messenger. It's called MSNing. Yeah. MSNing, literally. Well, yeah, but they killed that off. It's not called MSN anymore. It's called Windows but Live pe- Messenger. <laughs> yeah, but people, people still call it MSN. People still call yeah. it MSN, MSN yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably yeah, one of their only silly. successes. If... Yeah, but then again, is, has Apple really been successful at verbing anything? I mean, they've been, they've been successful with things like, in America at least, with you know, with an MP3 player being synonymous with an iPod, but we still call it an MP3 player, not an iPod. And uh, well, a mobile phone is still a mobile phone and not an iPhone. But, the, the, um, I mean, have you ever heard of someone saying, let's FaceTime together? I mean, <laughs> it makes no sense. I've never heard anyone say that, ever. <laughs> and it would sound even weirder in Dutch, so... <laughs> so. Right, but anyway, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird purchase. I mean, I'm sure it, it that you know it's for all the users, it's probably worth it, worth something. But eight billion, you know, it's a hell of a lot of money. Skype really hasn't come up with uh, a reliable business plan. They've added a whole bunch of stuff to Skype over the last few versions in an attempt to yeah that nobody wants in an attempt to make money off of it. When really Skype credit is about the only way for them to make any serious money, as well as Skype in and Skype out. Yeah, and you know. Skype is kind of a, a a bubble company, right? Technically, I mean, I know they, you know, the bubble has already burst, like in the early two thousands. But technically, they are a bubble company, as far as I know. Kind of like Groupon, which is sort of a, you know, a what do you call it? Um, Ponzi um, scheme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, in, I mean, Skype is not a Ponzi scheme, but it is, you know, similar in that it, you know, it, it's not making any money. It's only costing money, and it, you know, it has a massive debt that it can't pay off. So it's basically earning money and then putting it into the debt that it can't pay off. So I just, I just don't really understand as a mere mortal with zero business sense other than running a tiny translation company, you know, how you can um, um, do that, how you can spend so much money that you don't have. And then get bought up by Microsoft for eight and a half billion and laugh all the way to every bank in the world. I just don't get it. I mean, well, there's a few different ways that you can think about this. It might be that Skype alone cannot make enough money to sustain itself, but if Microsoft bakes that into other parts of its ecosystem, it might be able to pull a profit from that by yeah. using the technology and leveraging the community. For example, um, I I know that there's a Windows Live Messenger on the Xbox, and technically you can do video chat if you have a Connect. But who's going to do that if if you if all of your friends are going to be available on Skype? So yeah, that makes that, sense. That's the yeah. thing. If if they port that to the Xbox and make that built into the dashboard, then it becomes very standard. <laughs> yeah, but then how do they generate? Uh, money out of that because people aren't going to be paying per call to do you know Skype over the Xbox. It's, no, the but service it doesn't will really be work a, like that. a value added component. It's a feature. 
Yeah. Yes. I mean, sure. No, I mean, it's plenty on as a selling point by itself. It's something that uh, that a consumer would consider as part of the whole, an- yet another factor mm-hmm. into a purchasing decision that yeah, ultimately I mean, Microsoft. I mean, where would you rather use Skype? Like in your office, uh, sitting behind your computer on a you know uncomfortable um, 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 chair, or do you want to sit in your living room using your Xbox and you know everything built in and you know nothing to worry about. You just click and it works. I mean, I there would rather use... There is also consistent rumor about the post-phone number era that's recently been cropping up over discussions of voice over IP and Skype that the phone number, I think someone once quoted it as uh, the most unuser-friendly invention that has sustained itself for this long. <laughs> because well, it... it Carriers use it to lock you into a particular identity. It's much more difficult to take it with you, and most people will not have the will 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 won't really want to bother with going through all the effort of moving it around. In the United States, at least, it's it's tremendously annoying to do that. Oh, it's and incredibly easy it's, here, though. Yes, but yeah. my thought my thought is Microsoft, being an American centric company, they have recently have Windows Phone. So the idea of baking Skype into Windows Phone as a standard component gives them more carrier independence, and that number no longer becomes important. They're trying to win the enterprise again, because yeah. having a device that has solid operating system built-in Skype support would be a serious consideration for which, which kind of mobile device should, should our business invest in, Research in Motion, Apple, or Microsoft? Or Google. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would be able to say, well, we use Skype a lot, so. <laughs> yeah, they already, you mean, you mean they're already using it on their regular computers anyway, instead of something like uh, Google Talk or, 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 right. or, or, or FaceTime, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, I get it. Yeah, and that sounds. But the idea is that Skype yeah. doesn't make money by itself, it, it becomes a added feature which adds value to existing products that Microsoft does make money Oh, yeah, on. I agree with that. Yeah. But That's eight and a half. <laughs> Billion dollars. <laughs> I can have some, please. Yeah, <laughs> that would be welcome. There's value add, and there's enough to buy a nation. Future. <laughs> I mean, they, they could probably buy Belgium with that. I mean, seriously, it's a hell of a lot of money. It's, seriously. Hmm. We'll throw in Skype, Belgium, and a slice of Iceland. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Iceland, no, no, no. Nobody buys Iceland. Iceland is independent forever. Sorry, it's, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Greece>. Yeah, Greece <laughs> can have it for free. <laughs> okay, what's next? Um, I'm just trying to find whatever. Should we just other... get to the sort of um, elephant in the corner and, and and talk about um, iOS, you know, uh, Apple Keynote crap? Oh, yeah, let's get that out of the way. That's a good idea. Basically, if you want to know what Apple announced, look at what Android, WebOS, and Windows Phone have now. Yes. Combine it, and that's the keynote. Next. Let's go. As someone who has had an incredibly negative opinion about the Apple ecosystem over the last few years, there and how often Apple gets... Uh, Apple can, uh, accuses everyone else of copying them. It's Utterly delicious looking at it from the other direction, at least just once. (laughs) That's definitely true. I mean, that whole notification system, it is a one-on-one, almost pixel-perfect copy of... 
mean, what was even surprising is I was staring at at the keynote when they showed the notification drop down, and it's like, mm. let's see here, that little tiny bottom bar that you're supposed to grip with your finger has three lines on it. I pull up my Android phone, and one, two, hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's got. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I have, I have no problem with you know with good ideas being copied. In fact, I'm I'm pretty happy that you know it's coming to iOS. I mean, it's good for the users. It's good you know for everyone. I mean, it's a great feature. But what makes it so delightful, in, indeed, is that you know I mean, they're shouting off the rooftops, and not maybe not necessarily Apple itself, but also Apple itself, but not necessarily, but of course, especially the user base, at least uh, at least a very vocal section of it, a vocal part of it. And now, I mean, basically the entire keynote were things that were taken from everybody else, right? I mean, it wasn't. Yes. I, th- I thought that was pretty funny. You say except it's good for the. Yeah, oh, you can say yeah. Ex- it's a good for everyone, except for what about the developers? Basically, Apple copied their stuff. Um, you yeah, know. again, exactly. Th- that is true, it, though. But they did buy. Yeah, it apparently, buy when they announced how many new APIs they announced, there was a rather tepid clapping in the room. <laughs> <laughs> like, yay! Or we're and then they eat Sir Robin's minstrels. <laughs> Yeah, but you know they did. Um, um, they did the same thing with the iPad Smart Cover, which was an, is a one-on-one copy from a product that you know an independent company was making for the iPad One. And mm-hmm. uh, and now, I mean, for I mean, what were all the features that they that they implemented here? I mean, didn't they implement something that Instapaper usually does? I mean, I've never used yes. that before. Yes, and to, to, which, and... to which the uh, the creator of Instapaper tweeted a single line response, which was four letters long. <laughs> Okay, I get Fill it. Fill in the gap. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> well, it can be two, by the way. Three if, you, if you're British. So it's... Uh, never mind. <laughs> um, uh, so they did that one. And then there was, um, of course, the whole iMessage, which is basically a copy of WhatsApp and all the other 10 million um, um, uh, IP-based uh, text servicing things that are all Most over the place. are comparing it to BlackBerry Messenger, which seems to be the most developed and entrenched and oldest concept. A lot of these newer applications like Quick and Kakao yeah. and whatever Plus, they have now yeah. are all re-implementing uh, BlackBerry Messenger, which also reminds me that i5, uh, iOS's original notification system uh, looks a lot like BlackBerry OS 4.0. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was that? Because was um, that already I know, that that's when I first got a BlackBerry. I'm not sure exactly when that was released, okay. but it looks exactly like it down to the 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 placement and color of the notification icons on the home screen. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and then we have iCloud, which they not only stole the name but also the logo from some sort of other company that is now suing yes, them. Yes, yeah, suing them. Uh, <laughs> Well, of course. I mean, what else would you do? But Apple do uh, have like three hundred billion in of cash. You know, I'm sure they can just pay them off, like they did with they, the iPhone they, trademark. They can probably just buy the company, sell it, and then buy them again, <laughs> just, just for again. kicks. Yeah. Oh, 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 they could probably like buy the entire town where that company is located, and then just remove all the streets around the company so they can't do anything <laughs> just for fun no um what, what other stuff did they um well, i wanted um, to talk about the cloud stuff because um that sort of bends into an area where i'm uh, off a with with you mean the internet stuff right the the web really more than it than, 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 yeah, than that because <laughs> obviously the whole the iCloud announcement and everything and getting the iWork guy up on the stage etc that was all the reason they've done this is because basically they've and, finally got around to admitting that MobileMe is a complete failure. 
and they've had to, there. yeah, they've had to stop and re-architect. And essentially, the what I can see with iCloud is that the Apple have realized that web apps do not work in a closed ecosystem. You cannot have a closed ecosystem with uh, with all their APIs and all their iOS stuff, and then also have web apps because they're just duplicating effort. And the web and browsers and HTML5 and all that jazz is not good enough. It's not yet up to standard and everything to do everything that's in iOS. They must have spent internally, I don't know how many thousands of man hours trying to re-implement various, you know, um, Mac applications on the web like iWork, etc. And then realize right. this is pointless. We will spend forever trying to retain parity between two operating systems using two different APIs, etc. And the guy at MobileMe got fired and they pulled in someone else from another department and I think it's at that point they realised no more web apps, we are done, we're going to do we, our vision is that if people want to get access to their information everywhere, they'll do so because they'll have an iPhone in their pocket, not because they can log into a web app everywhere. I think that's the fundamental right. difference, is that they're, they're going forward Web apps, they're done with that. They will make, make no more web apps, and everything is going to be entirely iOS-based. Including regular desktops and um, regular laptops, insofar they will still exist in the coming 20 years, at least from Apple, that is. Yes. And if yeah, I read correctly, there there's no opt-in. You are required to do this, and you have no choice over where your data goes. Is that correct? You can choose not to use the service. You can turn it off, apparently. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's all, no, you, you, everything, they, they spent a lot of time on the keynote talking about how everything is encrypted over the air for this, that, and everything, like iMessage and so forth, but they yeah. didn't mention at any point that uh, the information on their service would be encrypted. <laughs> yeah, well, the problem is, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to use it for uh, for any serious work because all the documents that I get to, to translate from my translation company, they're all covered by NDA, so I can't just send them to Apple encrypted or no. It's just not right. I mean, I'm not, I'm, you know, I, not, not that anybody would actually care, but right. the idea is just, it doesn't sit right with me and not, not just Apple, but anyone like, you know, Google or, or, or Microsoft, whatever. It just doesn't, you know, sound right. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I, you know, for, to back up all my, 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 my work, I, I don't use any, you know, internet-based stuff, either like Dropbox or anything, just because I, you can never know who has access to it on the server side. You just don't know. Right. You're never sure. Especially, and, you know, I, I don't mean this in a, in a sort of, you know, in a really offensive kind of way, but especially since these are all American companies, and I have relatively little faith in um, the U.S. justice system when it comes to protecting my privacy. So it's, you know, right. just not comfortable. But if I remember it. EU law correctly, there's actually a, a legal requirement to keep data within the EU yeah, for EU exactly. Companies. It's the same thing. It's the same thing here. But, you know, it's just, it just doesn't make me particularly confident to send my work documents or even my, my own documents to, um, uh, to, to large companies, especially not right. those. It just doesn't and sit... And even if it were encrypted on Apple's side, there's encrypted quotes, and then there's encrypted actual serious encryption. And we've seen this debacle with uh, Dropbox in the enterprise space recently, where it was revealed that Dropbox, while their terms of service actually said that, yes, we encrypt all of our stuff, yes, uh, yes, even our own employees cannot access your data. That was actually in the terms of service. They recently changed that because it turns out, well, no, we can see the file names, we can decrypt it if we need to, mm-hmm. and it's not really all that private. We deduplicate your data. There is no private uh, keys being used anywhere. 
And at the drop of the uh, of the federal government's hat, we give all our data over, which, th- despite the fact that I'm a U.S. citizen, also makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I, it would make me just as uncomfortable if uh, my own government did that. It's not that specifically America, but in general, that any government right, would just say right, hand over. It just it doesn't it just doesn't you know sit well with me. But the problem with especially it being in America is that I'm not an American, so I have absolutely no way of doing anything about it you know not anything if it's in, in the netherlands it still sucks but at least i'd have the ability to use like the court system or whatever to do something about it but as a dutch citizen i can't do anything about anything that happens um, um outside of my outside of my own country let alone outside of the european union so it's that makes it you know difficult so i if this becomes the norm and there's like for instance all the hard drives would magically disappear <laughs> and you were forced to do it, then at least I pick a company that does it in the Netherlands, so that you at least have some way of you know doing something about it. If you know, uh, there were some rumours prior to the keynote that uh, one potential possibility for this iCloud service, what it could be or what shape it could be, is that Apple would release new time capsules um, that would uh, act as, as your own data, being the cloud service and that would be sharing awesome. a thing. Because you can already sort of do this with the back to my Mac feature, which is part of Mobile Me, um, and basically bonjour over the the wide the wide area network um but you know these companies are not interested where's the value add for the companies apple are currently charging for mobile me so where if they're if they're making this icloud thing three where are they making how they're generating money out of this and it's it's probably got to do with the fact that they have access to your data ultimately and it acts as a whole value add much like skype to yeah to apple is an advertisement company people keep forgetting Apple is an advertising company just as much as Google is. People keep forgetting that. It's, uh, you know, Apple wants your data, not not because they're, they're really just... Apple doesn't just want your data to make your life easier. They want your data to make money off of it, just like Google does. But, you know, that's and Microsoft, by the way. That's just kind of how it works. But if, if Apple were to, you know, do what you just said, like offer, yes. you know, it's a simple uh, time capsule, whatever thing... That would be pretty awesome, but can't you already do something similar uh, just by using um, um, free software? Is that just probably possible, right? I mean, yeah, but the thing is, it's, again, there's no one's just made this simply out of the box experience to make it easy enough that your that your data on your hard drives at home is accessible over the web, and it certainly is going to become increasingly difficult in the future because of closed operating systems like iOS that will not give you a choice of what cloud service would you like to interact yeah. with. It's your only choice is iCloud. So unfortunately, that gate is closing, um, and it's a real shame. That I think with most basically miss the point uh, uh, where the web should work with our data being on our computers but there's no commercial gain for that and you know you live in a capitalist system you know companies got to operate and they're going to make the web that way around yeah true right. there's anything else to say um, about Apple that's a keynote let me bring up the Lion, story nothing to say about that really well the only thing that I'm well I my, my my MacBook Air is gone now, um, but the only thing that I was uh, pretty much really interested in is the uh, the safe state stuff for applications and things like that. That's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. But for the rest, you know, it's it's maintenance mode. You know, it's it's bringing useless stuff to the Mac that nobody really needs, like the uh, like the application grid overlay. Yeah. It's just nonsense. It's completely. It's just a way to say, <laughs> look, we've got new features, and that's it. But while the only really interesting thing is um, um, is the safe state and things like that, and the other. Pretty cool thing. I just read that. I haven't done anything with it. Is that um, uh, Lion now includes an option to reboot into Safari, so that you just get Safari when you boot up. Really? Yep. Yes. Um, Where yeah, did they say that? That came over. That came over the wires this morning. I think. It's in. Really? My, I believe it's on Mac Rumors right now. Let me get okay. it for you. 
right. Yeah, that there we go. That's interesting. Uh, let me send it in the... Uh, there we go. Oh, thanks. I was just typing it. And it's... Uh, one of the comments was interesting. Yeah, there we go. The second comment says, you need to have the iCloud beta software installed and find my Mac enabled before the Safari-only mode appears. So I think this is more of a test thing. Like, you yeah. know, can we do this? Can we do this? That's basically it. And again, it's a or something for kiosks only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it was, it's for other purposes, maybe enterprise or otherwise, or embedded How about systems. The Apple Store? Yeah, well, true, exactly. I think it's about as good as it gets. But wow, interesting. Okay, but it could be an Apple Store. I mean, because the Apple Store is just a glorified um, internet cafe. So yeah, well, not here, <laughs> but in the US, true. We don't have Apple Stores yet. Okay. <clears throat> Anything else in the... I thought uh, that would go longer, but uh, okay. Um, let me see. I'm just checking what, what, what other stuff did they announce. It, it, just, it wasn't a whole lot of meat in there. I mean, they talked about, yeah. iCloud, about, uh, about iCloud for like 45 minutes. It's a syncing service over the web. Next. Yeah, it doesn't even stream media if I'm if I read that no, correctly. I'm not entirely which sure. which is just an incredible disappointment considering there's already two competitors in the market which actually do streaming uh, media locker services. Mm-hmm. There's probably more to do with the legal side of thing because of you know I, Apple have been trying to do this you know, the legal way um, and yeah. they've got the all the what are called recording companies behind them that are just constantly give them grief. So, you know, Amazon just went ahead and said, "Sod you, we're gonna we're gonna do this and deal with it in the courts later." Google did it too. Yeah, yeah, Google did it too. Yeah, but it's pretty interesting that um, the we had an article on that a couple of a couple of weeks or months ago. It was complete speculation, but it was still fun. That basically any um, of the three three or four large tech companies could buy the entire music industry <laughs> because it was the total um, um, worth. It was. Maybe even less than the eight and a half billion that Microsoft just paid for Skype. So I just don't think that Google is, you know, is even afraid of, um, or or Amazon is even afraid of these uh, media companies because they're, you know, they've seen their business half over the past ten years, the mm-hmm. past nine years actually, because uh, the figures that I had were until two thousand nine. So it's it's even worse now. So I, I just don't. <laughs> I mean, if I were Google, I wouldn't even be scared of these media companies. What are they going to do? I mean, I mean that. I mean, they have to fire the janitors at this point, probably, um, to still be able to make some money. It's just, you know, <laughs> their irrelevance is growing, luckily. And uh, I just they don't are think... still pretty powerful when it comes to courts, because, I mean, they're just becoming a lawyering business. And, um, you know, Google's difficulty with the whole um, book scanning thing um, could play itself out again with the, with this, um, uh, with the music locker service, if the, 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 the recording industry gets all uppity and then starts basically... Cutting, you know, um, cutting corners off of off of Google and says, no, you can't do it this way. You got to do it that way. And yeah, but how, uh, uh, how much? Down. Yeah, but how much does the music industry rely on Google, on Google search, on YouTube to get their stuff out there? Yeah. So you know, <laughs> it, probably a whole lot. Right? They don't want to ever admit that the internet is making them any money whatsoever. Exactly. Because the internet so, is evil. Yeah. So Google could, you know, if if so. I, Probably it goes the other way around as well, that the music companies don't want to mess with Google too much. Yeah, because Google could say, okay, we're going to remove all copyright music on YouTube yeah. today. Boom, gone. Bam, gone. They're probably, if all the videos that are potentially um, copyright infringement, they probably already have them tagged, right? Yeah. So it's probably like a little switch. So if the music business ever gets really, <laughs> really uppity and, anno- and annoying about this, they could just say, okay, we're going to comply. We're going to remove all copyrighted content from YouTube. Bye-bye. And that's it. Bam, gone. And then, you know, they're going to... 
lose a heck of a lot of money. The uh, the uh, uh, music business, so as well as the bad press from it as well, because Google just put their arms up and say, "I'm sorry about this," but that's the music industry told us to do yeah, it. You know exactly. So the music industry can't mesh with Google too much, um, I think. So Google can just do this, and no, I, I don't think the music industry can really do a whole lot about it. Maybe they can do something about it, but they won't because it will. It'll just you know they'll be the ones to suffer. At that point, they'll be the bad guys, and they already are the bad guys because <laughs> nobody likes the music industry except people who have a stake in it. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Anywho. Did you have anything what about the music match debacle? Paying $25 a year for music you already own? I <laughs> don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, Wow. <laughs> I bet this. I bet the there, guy there are in the many recording industry metaphors was... for what that sounds like to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of weird. I the mean, guy who thought that up probably got a promotion for having such a good idea. Yeah, and it was promptly assumed into the music industry as a CEO. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have an idea? It's bad. Yeah, but at least it's an idea. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I, I don't. I don't really understand that either. Why you would pay? for that you know i mean i'll just put the music on all my devices like in an afternoon and be done with it i mean it's I because only... the ios system is like uh, well I'm, actually one thing we did forgot to mention about the keynote was the whole you know cutting the cable thing when they're saying about you know pc less um in ios 5 but you know you can't on an, on an ios device say oh uh this song is nice but i'd like to go get it from amazon mp3 oh i can't download anything and i can't put it into itunes on my ipad and i'm still completely tied to itunes yeah of course it is but you know it sounds good it's a good marketing blurb right yeah we're now pc free no you're not pc free it just looks like it but you're actually not yeah all they did was make the setup procedure less of a, a nuisance yeah because i just bought an ipad 2 a couple of yeah. days ago and i had to go through the entire setup process yet so f- again so first i had to actually install itunes which takes about three days before you download and install it uh-huh. and then itunes even i have like a super fast computer it's this computer is so fast it still makes me you know scared at every now and then and itunes is still so horribly slow <laughs> You know, and then I had to hook up my my iPad, and it started started to sync. Even though there's nothing in my iTunes, there's nothing on the iPad because it was new, and the sync took like half an hour. <laughs> it's oh, it's such a disaster. So it takes me less time to copy my entire music library between my hard drive and my phone. <laughs> oh, my entire music library is two long rows of jewel cases that I can probably pick up and move faster than the iPad can sync. So. <laughs> true enough true enough <laughs> i'm old-fashioned but anyway yeah, it's still kind of a problematic thing so I, i'm happy that you know for the you know if you have to buy an ios device by that time that you can just sync it from the device itself that's pretty uh, sync uh, i mean uh, activate it from the device itself that's pretty cool but you know it's not it's it's again it's not revolutionary it's not you know it's not all part of the big post bc strategy because if it's going to be a post bc strategy and you would no longer need Macs and all the Macs would be gone apple would lose a hell of a lot of income still Right. So they right. don't want to cut that cord just yet, people. They don't want to just yet. I don't think they ever probably will until someone twists their arm about it because it's obvious that they're going to be making money by locking you into their ecosystem with uh, their devices and their PCs. And, and this is just another add-on which <laughs> is supposed to make things somewhat easier, but it's not even really Google Apps Lite. I mean, there's no web interface. You're stuck with the apps that Apple dictates. And, ah. Uh, <laughs> ah. Uh, just, 
Wow! All, all all of the years of 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 speculation and people saying, "Oh, this is going to be great. Apple's going to destroy everyone else," and and then you get this. Yeah. What do you do after that? And since I'm not an Apple fan, I'm giggling a little bit over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we did cover Apple now. By now, I think. I think. What else could we do? Uh, Anything from E3? Yeah, that's, I was just about to say that before I stopped. Connect, so yes. connect, 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 you all want connect, to connect, 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 connect. Greatest invention connect, ever. Connect, connect, connect. <laughs> and, <laughs> an I, and an iPad with, with controls on the side. That's it. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, no, no. We got something else. We got something from, from um, 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 Sony. It's just, you know, throwing its hands up in the air and said, like, okay, here's your damn touchscreen, and I'll give you two of them on both sides. No, shut up. <laughs> and, well, that was basically... Oh, and, of course, a whole lot of um, um, old stuff uh, renewed again, again and again. It's really again. running out of steam in the games yeah, industry. It's, it's remarkable. I mean, I mean in the, those sequels, people uh, thought that I was saying that all those sequels are going to suck. That's not what I meant. What I meant was, I mean, those sequels can still be good games. I mean, the next Sky, the next Elder Scrolls is going to be awesome. I already know it. I mean, it, you know, there's nothing wrong with sequels, but, you know, if a good sequel is really, you know, still cool, still good, can be a good game, can be a better game than the original even, but you still got to have some new stuff because at some point you're going to run out of things to sequel, right? <laughs> so you gotta have got to have something new. So it's... Yeah. Uh, and Nintendo Nintendo's announcements playing, yeah. just seem to be, let's take the same stuff and retread it. Again! Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's shame. 3DS and a new Wii, uh, a new Wii console. What's go- what are we going to launch on it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Mario and Mario Kart and we're going to have a new Kirby game and we're going to Kid Icarus and then we're going to have <laughs> Zelda and uh, Star Jealous. Fox. And uh, do we have anything here that's younger than 25 years? <laughs> oh, of well, course. Remember what been. I said earlier about Nintendo. My guess is that Nintendo is looking at the four-year-old kid and putting, you know, the Wii U or whatever it's called and the iPad 2 in the same, in, in front of them and going, which one do I want to play games on? <laughs> and the idea is to draw them into the Nintendo cast of characters and the different worlds that they have created. And that's how they uh, keep going because eventually someone's going to have more kids and there's going to be another generation <laughs> that they can do this all yeah, over but, again. With. They're just relying on everyone yeah. dying so they can just keep producing the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you know, that, that's what I didn't understand because that does, I mean, if that's, you know, if that's Nintendo's goal, then, you know, I mean, great. I mean, if people want to play games and if people want to play Mario 35, the, 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 the Super Edition, I mean, fine. I mean, I don't care. I mean, if you have fun with it, you know, more power to you. But what I don't understand, um, knowing that, what I don't understand is why are they now going to make a console that will get all the games that Xbox owners and play, play, bleh, PlayStation 3 owners have been buying for the past three years and release them in 2012 so that we can all buy them again? I mean, if you're a hardcore gamer, you'll already have... Are you guys still here? I'm... Yeah. Okay, good. No, uh, yeah, something... the I thing thought... is that, that the other... The other... The other manufacturers don't really have that kind of iconic characters to go with it. Um, I mean, Xbox has Halo, but that only appeals to a certain set of gamers. Yeah, but Nintendo's strategy words. is that the, that the that a lot of their games can befit gamers who prefer prefer something more difficult as well as something a lot more easily. It transcends a lot of those categories, and it's been viable true. this long. So why should it not be viable yeah. in the future? It's true, but I and would... Microsoft and Sony just they don't 
have that. When you think of when you think of Sony, do you think of any particular characters? Not anymore. Kratos. Certainly not in, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but this is a very nineties view of the world. Name a lot of them off of the t- off of the tip of your tongue. Kratos. He's a dude. He's a dude with Master Chief. <laughs> but seriously, Kratos is a dude with change with knives on the end. How awesome is that? No, I'm kidding. lightning. <laughs> Oh yeah, this, oh yeah. What was that? The uh, that was from from Yahtzee, wasn't it? The uh, the the gun that fires shurikens and lightning. It could only be more awesome if it had tits and was on fire. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah. But you know, yeah, that, that 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 is true though. I mean, Nintendo. I mean, if if a lot of people are happy with it, and that's great. But you know, I'm a different kind of gamer. In case you haven't guessed it yet, and you know, I prefer more of a um, a deeper experience. Basically, if you want to you know, get all mushy about it. I mean, I'd much rather have, um, a, you know, a deep and, and interesting RPG from something like Bioware or, or from, from Bethesda than I have, you know, Mario Party 9, for God's sake. <laughs> Mario Party 9! Yep. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo has so much money. They could be doing so many cool new things, cool new IPs, whatever, and they're not doing it. Not only are they not doing it, they're just tr- they're too afraid to try something new. Like the Kirby's Ep- Epic Yarn game wasn't originally a Kirby game. It was going to be new IP. And, you know, Miyamoto must have walked past the office and said, what's this? Uh, they no, said, Kirby? Oh, what the hell? <laughs> and, yeah, they just uh, basically rebranded it as Kirby. They're, they're just terrified of trying something new. Yeah. And when you have so much money, that's kind of, uh, that kind of you know, because even something like uh, Paper Mario, which was always kind of the little in, nasty corner of Nintendo, where mm-hmm. all the people were who were, you know, trying to take the, 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 the piss out of Nintendo itself. But even that has become stale by now, because there have been like four of them, and they're all the same. So even the things that used to take the piss out of <laughs> Nintendo, you can now take the piss out of that as being Nintendo. It's, it's, it's like Inception, you know, it's... it's <laughs> It's fail yeah. within fail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Multiple layers of failure. Yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of you know, I'm, I'm ripping on Nintendo now. But of course, the same goes for uh, for Microsoft, who are now going oh. to start a new Halo trilogy. I mean, oh. the original Halo was already not that interesting. It you know, it was already pretty boring, and now they're going to do a new trilogy. <laughs> so that means that you know, at the next E3, we're going to have another Halo, and the what E3 after that, another that- Halo. They can spend so much money on these games and have and and just be spitting sequels out so much, and yet the um, uh, independent um, market is is being so massively creative and successful on such tiny budgets. Um, you know, games like um, uh, Amnesia, Dark Descent, um, uh, and uh, Minecraft, and uh, there's just right Terraria. Yeah, the idea seems to be bigger when there are less people involved. Yeah, I mean, if there's less commissions and less managers involved, I mean, it's it's the same, isn't it the same with movies, right? I mean, it's, I mean, that's what I was going to get to is is the the is basically the games industry is going in the exact same direction as the film industry that it's stuff is costing so much to produce that execs are becoming so scared that they are not trying anything new whatsoever. Yeah, but that's and, the uh, and that's, but, you know the thing is there is nothing that's kind of the the point that I was trying to make. There is nothing wrong with games like Halo and Gears of War if you have a lot of fun with it. You know, ha- you know that's great. It's no problem with it. But I would expect that an industry that has become so big and that is earning so much money mm. off things like Gears of War and Halo and uh, what's the what's the the, the, the PS3 equivalent, the uh, Killzone. You know, th- those games sell like I don't know how much money they oh, make. Yeah, what was it? The, Put the, some of that money billion into- dollars. Yeah, I mean, put some of that money. I mean, it, it, all these games, all these these, these box standard games like Gears of War, Halo, 
you know, they're interesting. They're, a lot of people have fun with them. Great. I mean, I can, I can, you know, sit down with a friend and have a lot of fun, uh, you know, playing Gears of War 2 in co-op. I mean, it, you know, it, it doesn't really use any serious part of the brain, but it's still fun. You know, you can have some fun with it. It's great. But then all that money that you make, don't put all the money just into Gears of War 3. Just make, use some of that money to, you know, take the brightest people that you have in your development team and say, guys, go nuts. You know, make a game about a flying light socket that shoots, I don't know, <laughs> at, at, at cats, whatever. I don't know. Do something crazy with it, but they, they're not doing that. And the fun part about um, um, the movie industry, by that is, you know, because movies are, of course, easier to, relatively easier to make and a lot less expensive. You know, there's there's a you know in the, in the movie industry is much more healthy in that regard because you have a whole lot of like small movies, independent movies from all over the world. That are you know really interesting, and then you have of course you know the big Hollywood blockbusters that are also fun. But there's kind of a you know there's a balance there. But in the games industry, there doesn't really appear to be much of a balance, as in it's all these crazy, uh, all these really beautiful new games that are basically the same from last year, right? But there's not really these big companies aren't really using all the money that they're making to produce cool stuff on the side. They're not really doing that, and that's kind of you know. There's a lot of concern about this. A lot. In terms of one thing I keep that keeps coming up to me is actually where the sales schedule comes to play. With uh, films, you can pretty much release it at any time, and you're okay. You yeah. might get more people if you release it over a particular holiday, depending on which locality it's being released yeah, or, in. Or, for instance, you could say, let's release it three weeks later because the new uh, super movie is coming out. Let's release it three right. weeks later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. But when it comes to video games, you're locked into the schedule. I mean, that's one thing that I've been applauding BioWare for. Yeah, go ahead and push back Mass Effect 3 a few more months. That will probably make it better. Avoid the Christmas rush. Thank no, the you. Only re- the only reason. That. Yeah, but the only reason they're pushing back Mass Effect is because uh, Microsoft told them to implement Connect. That's the only reason. It's, Only that's the voice my, implementation, and come on, that's, you're, that's, you're overblowing that. <laughs> I don't want that in my game because I know it's going to cut into – no, I'm, I, I said that um, – I wrote that in the article, but uh, two or three days later, um, Bioware put out a, a description, like a, a video of the other stuff that they implemented in Mass Effect, and those were really cool, a lot, much, lot more yeah, RPG elements and stuff. live stream. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, one or two days really, later. Really that was – that, that made me very comfortable, again, with um, Mass Effect 2, because Mass Effect 2 was a little bit of a letdown for me as a huge fan of the first one. And really? what I've seen from Part 3 is that, you know, there's all sorts of new RPG elements coming back, customization and, and, and talent adaptation and stuff like that. So that makes me really happy, as long as it's not going to be like Dragon Age 2, which was basically <laughs> a big failure. So – you know, let's just that that video did uh, that live stream did um, comfort me quite a bit. But when I heard that you know it's going to be pushed back and we're going to have connect stuff in it, that was like, oh no, don't. But now that I've seen the other video, it's like, okay, they're still doing the stuff that you know gamers actually want instead of scouting at your TV, which is annoying still because you know let me go on here for a sec because I'm a huge <laughs> Mass Effect fan. You know, one of the cool things about Bioware games is like the the control that you have over the rest of your party that you can say, okay, you use this specific power on that specific target and do stuff like that. But all you can do with Kinect is attack you know, like that at, at random people instead of like pinpointing specific powers. But that's specific. not what they're using it for. <sighs> That's not what that's not what I heard the description was for. The 
uh, connect integration is primarily during the dialogue tree sections where you can actually just speak out the line of dialogue instead of having to select it on the select wheel. Yeah, and, and the, the idea is that it gives you more of a sense that you're being immersed within the entire game world because you're seeing lines of dialogue. It seems a l it's gimmicky. I mean, I, I admit that it's gimmicky, but at least it's kind of sort of interesting a tiny yeah, but it's, bit. It's in, it's in combat too, so you can say something like, uh, um, 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 Tally, use incinerate, and that's it. But you can't actually target with it. So you can say, Tally, use incinerate. That's it. Oh, no, no, you can't even use a sentence. You can only say, Tally, incinerate. That's all you can say. That's kind of, huh. you know, that's kind of weird to me because it takes all the tactics out of it. But, you know, that's just me. I mean, I play on the highest difficulty setting. I need every little bit of, you know, tactics in the game to get where I well, want. Well, I, I have a suspicion that BioWare is probably just doing this to appease Microsoft. Yeah, Because probably. Microsoft was on a tear about Connect, And it's very obvious that everyone else is like, okay, we'll do this. And this is going to be awesome and stuff. And BioWare's <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah, we're we're gonna do this, and don't don't talk to us anymore. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. So now we need to say something specific about Sony too, because we covered Nintendo, um, we covered Microsoft. Now we need to talk about Sony. Um, when the aren't they getting hacked? The Vita. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the Vita. I mean, it's an interesting piece of hardware, but it does seem a little bit anachronistic at this point, right? Yeah, it would have been more, much more interesting if they released that around the same time as the DS or the DSi. Now it's just like, hi, latecomer. Yeah, or make a proper phone <laughs> and the out name, of it. the name, you should have kept NGP. That was a nifty yeah. acronym. <laughs> I don't really get it. It's, it's kind of, it doesn't sound English to me. Not that it matters, but, you know, most of these terms are generally... Uh, you know what it reminds me of. Vista. It reminds. Yes. <laughs> that's what I was. Yeah. No one wants to be reminded of that. <laughs> yeah, that's what it reminded me of as well. And then you have a touchscreen on the back. That just seems a little bit weird. It's kind of like everything in the kitchen sink. Kind of like the uh, the, the the Wii U controller. Like there are all these gimmicks. Let's just you know let's just stop talking and throw all these gimmicks at one device and then just you know are you happy now? That's kind of. Oh, Perhaps that's kind of the Vita is is like because Sony must have had like different teams doing different things. So they probably oh, yeah, had the, the the people doing the PSP were talking to come up with the successor to the PSP but then they had Sony Ericsson group going off to say okay invent us an Android phone and they just want to see which one pans out in the long time I mean the PSP Go was such an absolute flop Yeah. Um, I think they're just playing cards now and they're going to say okay we're going to go the Android route and we're also going to go our normal you know traditional yeah, custom PSP route and see what succeeds yeah but it seems kind of weird I mean I, I think that what kind of um, 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 made it a little bit I think what really um speaks volumes is that the most interesting things coming out of Sony during this E3 was the demonstration of Shadow of the Colossus and Eco in HD on the PlayStation 3 games that are like 10 years old and that are still you know rocking pretty much everything else uh, they're still better than pretty much anything else put out since because you know they're truly different and truly you know new they were back then now they're of course just you know remakes of the original I think it speaks volumes that those were the most interesting things coming out of Sony, um, Shadow of the Colossus and Eco. I think that really, you know, basically sums up the entire, maybe even the entire E3 at that point. So, uh, yeah, I think. <laughs> uh, what else did they say? Minecraft? I like Minecraft. That's coming out on um, Xperia Play, so no, uh, Sony Portable is going to get that. <laughs> That's will, probably will sell a lot, actually, with that. <laughs> Well, of course it will, and the Xbox version will as well, because I will be buying it, pretty obvious, I mean, 
just to just to try it out. And it'll have Kinect oh, yeah, support. I, I have no idea. Probably will do that too. I haven't bothered with Minecraft yet because well, too much work. <laughs> <laughs> you have a life, <laughs> such as it is. <laughs> I do have. To- I do have to admit, though, that Minecraft has become incredibly boring at this point because there's nothing more to do. I've done everything, and there's not there's no incentive to explore, and building gets kind of boring at some point, too. So I am kind of bored with it. I have high hopes for the 1.7 update, which will be, as, as Notch called it, the adventure update. So hopefully, and he announced that update right after playing Terraria, so that's kind of a good sign. So I'm hoping that a lot of the cool things that you see in Terraria are, you know, going to come to... Yeah, he said that the uh, adventure update will focus on making, uh, rewarding people for exploring and for combat yeah, as well exactly. um, and try and bring some more depth to the game. That will, will be good. I mean, it's, it's still a long way away from uh, being actually released. We're still playing a beta game at the moment. So yeah, that's true. it's good it's done so well so long so, so far already. Oh, the release date is November, by the way. The 11th of November. On the exact same day Skyrim is coming out. Because it might be delayed, said, though. Yeah, but they originally Notch originally picked the eleventh of November because well, it has to be by, done by then anyway. Because after that, I'll be you know playing Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. Same as me, by the way, because you know Skyrim has like three hundred hours of content. So from then on, I think we can pretty much shut OS news down because you know <laughs> I'm playing Skyrim as my Archer Mage. So uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's. I think we covered the entire E3 by now, right? It's about now. We can. What others do we have? <clears throat> oh, by the way, you want to check out the website uh, has Sony been hacked this week dot com, which does exactly what it says. Has Sony been has Sony been hacked this week dot com? Yes. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm dying over here. <laughs> Oh, this is epic. Wait, but I'm it's good keep... because it's got a list of like uh, uh, of the history of the hacks because I've been losing count of them. Yeah. Uh, and problem. just this week, uh, they said Sony Japan uh, released an announcement that attacker exchanged 278,000 points on my Sony Club for a value of roughly three and a half grand. <laughs> this is... Wow. Oh, oh, this is epic. <laughs> Has Sony been hacked this week? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, read the hack history or the latest hack. The latest hack. There we go. What what, what are we gonna get? It's in Japanese. Oh, it's oh, Japanese. Yeah, you have to go to the hack history, and uh, it's it's got an idea that someone's been stealing points. Oh yeah, I just, after exchange, for a value of roughly. Oh yeah, right. So only Portugal joins the fun. Three vulnerabilities: SQL injection, iframe injection, and coarse cross-site scripting. Little secrets, internal network maps, source code. Russia SQL injection. Sony Europe was hit by a grey hat hacker. A Lebanese grey hat hacker exposed Lebanese. <clears throat> and that's going to keep on going. I wonder how long that's going to hold out. <laughs> the PSN is still up. I mean, that's, that's something. I that's thought that yeah. wouldn't last a week. I'm interested in, in, in how many um, hacking attempts Microsoft is currently facing over XBL. I'd be interested in seeing those figures, like how many people are currently trying to hack Xbox Live. But at the same time, I think that Microsoft has a little bit more experience with keeping stuff like that up and running compared to Sony, which are, you know, when it comes to anything even remotely related to software, they, uh, you know, well, <laughs> we, we know, right? <laughs> Sonic stage. Well, what about Apple? Now that they've released this whole iCloud thing, how long until iCloud pulls a Sony? What the what hell the- was that? <laughs> that was my roommate blowing her nose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought you somebody exploding on that. <laughs> well done, you're on the internet. 
Oh, I thought it was like a, like a you know one of those um, a motorcycle, like driving through somebody's living room. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. I don't even know what kind of software Apple will be using for the data science. You'd think Mac OS X, but is Mac OS X even capable of running you know the server version, that kind of stuff? Is that even can it even do that? No, sort of massive, you know, or are they going to use something from from IBM or HP? There was right? actually some um, information about them potentially that they were using uh, Microsoft Azure and Amazon Cloud services, um, but some said that there's a possibility that they may be um, partially using some of those whilst they get up to <coughs> get their get their network uh, data center online. Yeah, um, yeah and, I, and I would think Apple would be the kind of company that would put a lot of effort into spoofing. Um, what it tells the outside world it is using, even on a technical level, that would that would so fit Apple. Even if they're using like you know Microsoft software, that they would, you know, put some some sort of you know artificial wall out there that if you were to try to find out on a technical level what it's using, that it reports that it's using Apple software instead of you know something from Microsoft mm-hmm. or Google or Amazon. That would yeah. With the with the death of their XServe line, exactly what are they using to power exactly. iCloud? They're yeah. they're using something. Is it a custom build of OS ten or what? What else is it? Well, you know, because <laughs> the it, picture it, they had of iCloud didn't look like XServes to me. <laughs> well, they they could be you know maybe they could be maybe they have created some sort of custom you know uh, iOS macOS ten thing. That, oh, no, know. no, no. I got a better idea. It's AIX. What's <laughs> <laughs> that again? I remember that. That was a uh, derivative of Unix that was implemented by IBM and Apple I, I, way, I, way back in the yeah, day. I, okay, there I get it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, is, uh, I, mean, I mean, IBM is still using that, right? Or selling that, right? Yes. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, no, I was confused because I usually call it Ikes because, you know, in, in the Dutch kind of way. But I was like, AIX, what the hell is that? But of course, it's just, it's just you know, Ikes. So, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> okay, well, even yeah. Microsoft say uh, admit freely that they run Linux servers internally. Um, so I don't think Apple would be that bothered. They probably are running Linux or FreeBSD or a custom version of OS X since it is FreeBSD under, under the hood anyway. Because, I mean, these, this is for data crunching, not for looking pretty. Oh, they're probably yeah, but still, you know, Apple is proud, right? <laughs> so I mean, but I, I I could actually see them using a sort of some sort of custom version of Mac OS X, you know, security through obscurity and stuff like that. Nobody knows it. Nobody knows what to look for. I, you know, it it makes sense. I mean, right? Don't know enough about it. <laughs> Neither do I. I. That's just supposition. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Well, should we move on? Um, I think we've really covered enough. I have no idea how long we've been talking. About an hour. Okay. Is there anything we should like do before that we really can't miss before we um, stop? I don't know. Is there some user segment that we haven't annoyed yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. HP released a touchpad in the Netherlands, you... Well... <laughs> Okay, now it wasn't. Now, now I know it wasn't a uh, motorcycle. <laughs> Can you please cut that out? <laughs> I don't think we have to have everyone listening to uh, listening to that on on the pod. <laughs> I'll cut it out. Hey, my harmonics are a thing of beauty. <laughs> <laughs> my nasal tracks are a thing of music. Yeah, beauty. You should probably cut this out, though. I mean. Not much of a Just, uh, I think we got everything. Yep. And I need more Let's coffee anyway. Up.
I haven't even started mine. <laughs> I got to work today still. So, you know, freelancer, yay! <clears throat> right, let me just uh, do an extra. Yeah, there we go. Um, <clears throat> right, thank you everybody for listening. And uh, we'll wrap things up now. Um, feedback, um, obviously you can comment on the website osnews.com when we publish this podcast. Um, you can uh, email us at... Um, believe we've got a mailing group at podcast.osnews.com but uh, the usual email address is crew at osnews.com and that's about all really I think it is see you all next time I suppose yep thanks very much bye bye rock on